Hey everyone, this is Dave Broadbeck, um, coming to you just before the start of the winter 2017 term. Uh, the lecture you've downloaded is from, uh, or you're streaming, you could be streaming it, it could be streaming, maybe not downloading, anyway, user technicalities and don't matter that much, is from uh, Psychology 3256, Advanced Univariate Statistics. It's, of course, needs to be called Design and Analysis 1, that uh, we changed the name. Um, so this is the lecture. There's also uh, our YouTube video. So you want to check those out. So you just have to search on YouTube for my name, um, and you'll see a playlist of Psych 3256 for this uh, coming year. Uh, thanks a lot for downloading, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, the chance of anybody actually enjoying a statistics lecture, I just Okay, the stuff is about to actually, as the, as the kids say, shit's about to get real. Um, so this is now, we're going to do analysis of variance until the end of March. Okay, almost the end of March. That's what the course, run, run! Fly, Fleons, fly! Death reference, nobody. Uh, what do they teach you guys in school? Uh, so, um, yeah, we're talking about analysis variance all the way through the rest of the course, pretty much, except for a little bit of time we'll spend on multiple regression. Now, the thing is, um, this stuff, I think most of you probably have, you probably learned a little bit of Beethoven 2126, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Um, we'll be doing it with this part, so this is sort of review ish. We'll be doing this, though, at a bit of a higher level, more of a conceptual, theoretical level, um, than you would have done it in 21 places. Okay. We have t-tests, z-tests, to deal with differences between two groups, or between one group and a mean. That's a thing we do. And you know about those, and you've dealt with those. Sure. What if we have more than two groups? Okay, so, which is often the case, you know, any, uh, uh, almost any experiment you read has more than two groups. Okay? It's not like it's an uncommon thing to have more than two groups. So let's pretend we have three groups and they have their different levels of A. Group A1, group A2, group A3. This is a notation you'll see me use quite a bit. It's the factor A, it has three levels, one, two, and three. Here are the scores. I don't know what this is measuring. I don't care. The numbers don't know where they came from. But the mean for group A1, for level, so group one in factor A is 84, A2 is 74, and A3 is 59. Okay. Those numbers themselves aren't exceedingly important, except that whenever I have ever taught this and didn't put actual numbers up, someone said, could you put some round numbers? So I do. We're not going to calculate anything with these, but it does show it. One could. And in fact, we could do by hand. It's not that hard. But why? But, so I can refer to it, and I just go 84, 74... And 59 means, okay, so I can refer back to this easily, 85, 90, 77, 67, 80, 75, 
And we've got the final group. 5260. 5260. 60. Okay, so now I can refer back to this if I feel like it. So we've got three groups. This is a you know very common uh, and clearly a very simple kind of experimental design. It's not something that would, would phase you in any way. So the question you should ask yourself is why do the scores vary? What the hell is Why is it at all? Why are all these numbers? So these are the means here at the bottom, but why aren't the other ones here, the matrix, the three by three matrix there? What are they all the same scores? Right? Nobody else coming? Because the door locks. It's really good. Well, I guess you're asking then what are the what are called the sources of variation. That's what we're asking. Why do the scores vary? Because so what are the sources of that variation? Can we break it down some? Or break it down yo, as the kids say. <laughs> Word. So, well, there's individual differences, we all know that. These are supposed to be, I'm thinking of these all as being different people. Let's pretend these are scores on some kind of test, I don't know. Um, well, there's individual differences. Right? So let's see, we have any natural groups of three. We can look. There's a group of three here. Here. Here's a group of three here. And we've got a group of five. That's not so good. So I knew three or three. Okay, so we have three groups of three. There you go. Um, or four groups of three. That's good. I just didn't want to uninclude you guys. Three, three, three. The hell with you people. So, <laughs> you're all different people. Right? You're all different. So that's one reason you're going to get different scores, correct? That follows, right? Everybody's different. Everybody is a special, different person. And, that was a little sarcastic, by the way, but everybody is different. You have different abilities, different backgrounds, uh, different ages, different, uh, let's see, guys there, yeah, different sexes, different ages, or gender identities, if you want to go there. Do it that way. Uh, what else we got? Different uh, courses you've taken in the past. We can go on and on. Okay, individual differences. That's the reason your scores are going to differ. Sure. Sure. And let's pretend our experiment is... Uh, let's make it exceedingly mundane. It's sitting in the first two rows, or these last three rows. Or these Okay, it's an exceedingly mundane experiment. This is what affects your... This is going to be... One group, another group. That's what A is. Row, place, position, thingy, and class. Quadrant. Bottom right, top right, top left. And ignored people. Okay. Also, the group differences, it could be, I'm pretty sure that there would be no effect of sitting in a certain quadrant in the classroom, but or it's exceedingly tiny, but let's pretend we have the reason to guess that there would be something like that. The fact that you belong to a group, that you have been treated differently by me, I'm the experimenter. That's discrimination. It's science. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Apparently no one else did. <laughs> I don't care. You people obviously don't know good humor when you hear it. Um, okay. Does that make sense? Individual differences in group membership. That's the two 
really key things. Yes? Make sense? Okay. So any score, now we can be a, kind of make a model of a score. Any score, any of these nine scores, is a sum of a few different things. There's a base level of you being just a member of the human race, of our species, of being H. sapiens sapiens, of being anatomically modern humans. That's what H. sapiens sapiens are. Then there's group differences. By the way, this can be... They can raise your score or lower your score, group differences. Everybody starts out the same, being a human. Isn't that a show being a human? Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. Not a bad show. There's an English one and an American one. The English one's a little bit better, but not a lot better. People are always like that, eh? Oh, English TV's so much better. It's, there's good stuff everywhere. I only watch shows that are important. <laughs> you go, you're excellent. I watch a lot of shows like that, but I watch. I also just binge watch. I'm always watching The West Wing, always. I'm in my eleventh watch through of a seven series, seven season, twenty two, twenty three episode series. I just keep watching it. Yep. I live on the edge. Um, base rate of just being existing. Then. You can be in a group that's going to raise or lower your score. And then your individual differences are going to raise and lower your score. So you're A1, you're A2, you guys are A3. Okay. So it's an effect of being, somebody happens to be in A1, somebody happens to be in A2, somebody happens to be in A3. Then there's individual differences. That's the level of individual you are. Whatever we would call it level, that sounds like it's got its rank, it's not. So, the, you know, uh, being Anya and being Sam and being Emily and being, being Serena, they, they do things to your scores. That's your individual differences. Does that make sense? Or they can raise or lower your scores. You can sit here in your mind and pretend the case is over. Do what you wish. Okay. So does that follow? Makes sense, right? Like that's just intuitively. I'm not when I said math, that doesn't look very mathy. Any score equals the sum of three things is easy, right? But does it make sense that 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 we've exhausted everything? That's probably a little simplistic, but we've exhausted everything. Oh, we could write it out in Greek letters, which is more fun. Makes us sound smarter. X equals mu plus tau plus epsilon. Mu is the grand mean. That's the median human thing. Tau is for treatment. And epsilon is for error. It's funny. In this case, error actually doesn't mean mistake. It means stuff that we can't account for due to group membership. Okay, gotta remember that. X equals mu plus tau plus epsilon. Okay? 
Okay. That's actually called the structural model of analysis of variance. Structural model of a norm. X equals mean plus tau plus epsilon. Any score equals the grand mean plus the treatment effect plus the error. Some books will use Y. In fact, all the way through graduate school, I use Y. Our book uses X, so I switched to using X. It doesn't matter. It could just be Steve equals, you can call it oranges. It doesn't matter what it's called. You can go to X. And don't be afraid of the Greek letters. They're just used to represent things. They're, they're, it's just short form of any score equals a grand mean plus treatment fact plus individual differences or error. It's just a way of writing stuff out. It's nothing to be frightened of. Okay. Questions so far? You guys okay with this so far? Did you in 2126 learn this? Probably not, yeah. So this is where we had departed from 2126. Bye, 2126. See you later. Have fun over there, Nadine. Dave's driving from here, honey. <laughs> Which is a mistake, because I'm going to crash this thing. I can't see a freaking thing. So, Those of you who I taught brain and behavior last year know about the incident where incidents daily where I would just move chairs out of my way because I kept walking into them. When they first put, I think I told the guys in brain behavior last year, when they first put that clear podium in NW200, I ran into it because I couldn't see it. And then I went on about a five-minute profanity-laden rant about, you know, making fun of the blind guy with a clear piece of furniture. It's on the internet. Um, I forget what class it was in. I think it's Brain Behavior 2012. So we'll look that up. You have to find the class it was in. Okay, back to this. Does this make sense? You're okay with this, right? Okay. Because everything now will grow out of this. If you get this, this is the basis for everything we do until the end of March. Until just past the Ides of March, which you should beware. It's something about that one. But I'm trying to do a lot, of, a lot of Shakespeare references today. Glams thou art and Cardor and shalt thee what thou art promised. Yes, I'm doing a Lady Macbeth thing. Because I had to memorize something in school. Um, let's make an assumption. Oh, that looks a little, little mathy. It actually isn't that bad. We're saying mu1 equals mu2 equals mu3. Mu2, of course, my favorite band. <laughs> so mu1 equals mu2 equals mu3 equals dot, 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 equals mu k. There are k groups, so we're going to say all the way up to k, all the group means are equal. That's all that says. It's H-O. And HO also says, so therefore, the, the variances are equal. Sigma squared sub 1 equals sigma squared sub 2 equals sigma squared sub 3 equals dot 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 equals sigma squared sub K. It's HO. It just says they all actually are from the same population. <clears throat> same population means same means same variances, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? Okay. So HO is true. That's an assumption we're going to make. Every statistical test that we'll talk about in this course makes that assumption that HO is true. 
T-tests make that assumption. Z-tests make that assumption. The simplest possible test you can think of, a sign test, makes that assumption. Okay, so far? Does that make sense? That's a sensible assumption, isn't it? We're going to try to show it's not true, but we're going to assume it is. Because we always start out by assuming HO is true. Then we try to reject that assumption. Okay, so that's, that's all. I'm just putting HO into mathematical terms. That's all that is. It's not something to be frightened of. Unless you scare really easily for some reason. Greek letters, ah! And you'd have to, the, the word for Greek letter phobia would actually be in Greek, which is fascinating when you think about it. I, you know, I really have to try to make this stuff interesting even to myself. Um, this is called the null hypothesis assumption. That's all this is, okay? All right. More assumptions. The scores are randomly and normally distributed around the brand mean. That's okay. We can violate the crap out of that. Uh, randomly, sure. They're, with one score, the, the value of one score doesn't tell you what the value of another score is. It's a random process. Um, and it's normal. We can make a, that's a reasonable assumption. This one we can't violate. That the observations are independent. And I've talked about that before with t-tests, right? So if I know I'm only score, and I don't know single score, I, I can't know anything about it. Because in the model, which just says any square equals mu plus tau plus epsilon, it doesn't say unless you're sitting beside L. It doesn't mention anywhere. Right? You could build that in, but then we'd be doing an entirely different procedure. That's not there. So the observations are independent. So it's normal and independent. And all sources of variation are accounted for in the model. So there isn't anything extra that we haven't accounted for in x equals mu plus tau plus epsilon. Okay? Those are not ridiculous assumptions. There's, we're not going out on any limbs here. But for the math to work, these things must be true. For the math to work, that is way behind this, I'm going to show you some of how the stuff's derived today, but there's stuff way deeper than this. There's a lot of assumptions that are made. Uh, sorry, these assumptions are made, and they allow you to do mathematical proofs. And you guys probably remember, and it may be a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but you have proven, you have done proof, proofs in math. You were in high school, it was a long time ago, but you've done it. And oftentimes, doing a proof or proving an identity, something like that, you would start it by saying, assume, or even doing, um, uh, what's it called, Euclidean geometry, you know? Prove that this angle equals this angle. You would always start out by saying assume. So this is, this is, that's all this is. Those assumptions are there because they allow the math to work. The deep math that you don't have to know. That you, if you're lucky, when you go to graduate school, if you go to graduate school, you'll learn more you learn it there. If you're lucky, you'll have a prof that says it doesn't matter. Like I have. 
that doesn't matter. You don't have to know that. Once you understand it intuitively, that's what everyone says. You have to be intuitive about it. I think I told you guys though, he also said all undergraduates were stupid. So they're all stupid, Dad. They're idiots. He was kidding. Ish. He was the greatest. Dad, he was a good teacher. And I watched him teach, under, teach undergraduates, and he did not think they were stupid. He would just say that to me. And the rest of our graduate student class, I think it to build us up. You're so smart, that kind of thing. <laughs> but it was always about, and, he, and I agree with him, it's always about understanding this stuff intuitively first, and then look at it and go, oh, now I see why the, that math makes sense. So the stuff I'm going to show you today is going to look kind of a little bit mathy, a little proofy, and it isn't. It's more there to help you understand where it comes from. That's why I am doing this. Okay. Okay. Let's look at variance, shall we? That sounds like fun. Said no one ever. Even R.A. Fisher was like, I'm so bored inventing analysis variance. <laughs> okay. Sigma squared sub 1 or sigma squared sub 2, these are the group variances in the population, are roughly equal to, that's what the wavy equals means, S squared sub 1, S squared sub 2. We know that because the, 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 the S squared is an unbiased estimator of sigma squared. That's all that's saying. So I'm just extrapolating from this thing that we know. I'm going to say that Sigma squared sub epsilon, in other words, the error variance, is due to, or is roughly equal to, the variance of all these numbers. And we would all accept that. Which is equal to, this is a weird thing to think of, is actually equal to the variance of each group divided by the number of groups. So we here have this, we have, that's the means. We also have variances. So this will be S squared sub 1, S squared sub 2, and S squared sub 3. Okay? If we average those variances, which don't sound weird, but if we average those three variances, we get an estimate of the variance. Does that follow? Does that make sense? It does, doesn't it? It, it? This is not that bad. That's all this says. It just says it in fewer words and with fewer Scottish accent things. I don't have to get on. I don't need to be doing impressions of my graduate school stats book. That's not in there anywhere. Are you good? You get this. I really need you to ask questions if you have. But you're really okay? No. Okay, yeah, what do you, what do you want to know? I still don't understand the J. Oh, J just means oh, it's, it's an index. Oh, okay. Okay? Index. For, for groups. Okay. It means all groups? No, it means Any J was group, group one. Uh, J, well, when you do summation, this should say J equals one up to K. So if you write that, write this. So what? First one, you make j equal 1. You know, s squared sub 1 plus 
S squared A make the infinity equal two plus, and you keep going, you get the K. That's what the J's are, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I, I forget that um, it's been a while probably since you did that kind of stuff. So the J's go from one up to K. Group J equals one is group one. J equals two is group two. J equals three is group three. Give me stop because we have K groups. There's K three in this case. Yep. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, good. Good. Thanks for asking me, by the way, because I, I totally forgot that I didn't put the indices there. What's wrong? You look concerned? <laughs> why, does, why does that all equal each other? Well, I just don't understand. Okay, why. No, it's okay. Why does that's, that's, that, I'm, that's why sigma equals s? Well, J. this is just all the variance. Sigma squared, like all the variance of all the nine people here, or the nine scores. If we're assuming, what's the null hypothesis assumption again? It says that all the groups are equal. Then any variance in scores isn't due to groups. It's due to individual differences, right? So the variance of all these scores, the variance of all these scores is simply due to error. Okay? And then that's also the variance of all the scores. It's just a statistic on a parameter. And then we can average the group variances to get this. So they all equal the same thing. That's a good question. Other questions? So we're part way there. <laughs> Almost went with the Bon Jovi thing. I decided against it. <laughs> when you're young and stupid, um, you get really worked up, especially if you're a guy, as a rule, I find this, about music. And you're very sort of ideologically pure about the music you listen to because you're an idiot. I once left a party to some of the Bon Jovi. I was angry. My friend Dee, and I said, Dee, take that shit off or I leave. She said, why like it? I said, well, that's it, I'm going. Because I'm an idiot. I totally had a crush on her, too. It was horrible. Such an idiot. I don't think it helped, but that didn't help. Let's just say that. I know, I know women, they really dig when you criticize their music and leave because they put a song on, right? Oh, look, hypercritical nervous guy. Ooh, hot. No, that, I don't think the world works that way. <laughs> I don't think the world works that way. Didn't have a lot of success with women. Um, I married my first girlfriend. That's kind of nice, I married someone who would put up with me. <laughs> no, no, she knows that. She's well aware of the fact that not many women, many women would put up with me, or men. Um, okay, does this make sense? No. It does. Okay. Still can't figure out how I found a woman that would like me, but that makes sense. Because this is math. This is okay. The answer to this—that's a mystery, man. Okay. Okay, this looks a little worse. But it isn't. I'm going to walk you through it. It's what I do. I teach. So, remember the central limit theorem that I told you to memorize because it was important? Hey, here. Look, important. The variance of the means. What's that mean? Oh, that's the sampling distribution of the mean. That's right. That's all that is. Oh, that, we, that's true. That's, we take that as a given. That comes from the central limit theorem. The variance of the means equals sigma squared over n, number of subjects. 
That's just, I mean, that just is. That's just the way the world works. That's, that's, that's central limit theory. You can't argue with that. That's science. That's, that's real. So that's just a given. Try to find ways to estimate variance. That's all we're doing. Okay, so the variance of x bar, yeah, the variance of these means, that's what that means, actually. That's weird, eh? Again, the means don't know where they come from. The numbers don't know where they come from. You can calculate a variance of means. It sounds weird. Be like making a pie out of a cake. But you can. Mmm, cake pie. <laughs> you could totally do that, couldn't you? Put a pie, like make a cake, and then put it in some like, side puff pastry. I might do that when I get home. But when I get puff pastry. I used it all up. I made chicken pot pie on Monday. Okay? Mm-hmm. Leftover chicken. It was delicious. Um, okay. So are these like actual calculations that like work? You, would, you wouldn't do or... them. Okay. One could. But the calculations you do grow out of these things. Okay. But this... Wow, variance of x bar. That's the variance of the sampling distribution to me. Oh, that, that's, that's kind of like, therefore, s squared of x bar, right? That's the variance of these means. I know it's weird. It's making a pie out of a cake, but it's a thing. It's like a traducking. Um, this one's actually easier to get to the end, because the sigma squared that we are interested in is sigma squared sub epsilon. That's the variance of all the scores. Divided by n, n stays the same. We want to isolate sigma squared sub epsilon. We want to estimate it. So we cross multiply. So s squared sub x times n equals sigma squared sub epsilon. So we take the variance of these means and we divide by the, or, sorry, multiply times the number of subjects in each group. That's kind of neat. Okay, questions? Does this make sense now? Yeah, it's weird, eh? Like, it's, it's kind of strange we can find two ways to estimate variance pretty easily. Okay. So we have two separate estimates of sigma squared sub epsilon. Two separate estimates. Not one, not three, but two. Both of these things that we, we sort of derived here, uh, sigma squared sub x bar times n, and sum of s, uh, s squared sub j, where j goes from 1 up to k, divided by k, both equal sigma squared sub epsilon. Both those two things we, we figured out in the last two slides, both equal the same thing, but they're calculated independently. And if the null hypothesis is true, remember that is one of the assumptions, this is true. If the null is true, that's actually true. Huh. That's pretty cool. 
That's called mean squared error on the left. That's called, oh, sorry, mean squared treatment. This is called mean squared error. Sometimes mean squared between groups, mean squared within groups. You'll see that. I tend to use mean squared error because it becomes a, a term that we will use throughout the rest of the course. So that's mean squared treatment, mean squared error. Or mean squared between, mean squared within. If you play with SPSS and do an analysis of variance with SPSS, I think it gives between groups and within groups. It means the same thing. And we'll go over a little bit of that on uh, playing with SPSS and doing it, um, setting up an ANOVA uh, on Tuesday. It's not, it's not that hard to do. I really think one of the things you could do as well, go to YouTube and do one-way analysis of variance SPSS. There are 800 guys and two women who have made videos, because for some reason it's all these guys who make stupid videos, um, showing you how to set these things up. So you can even choose the multiple best production values. You know. Worst part of YouTube videos, you want to look at something for like 40 seconds, right? It's like, how do you, I oh yeah, i got to put up a new um, range hood. Ours screwed up, so I didn't apply. I knew when I put it up. I've never done that before, but I think, how hard can that be? So I go to Google and find some videos. Install new Ranger. Great. But I gotta sit through this guy's two and a half minute intro where he showed with his like spinning stars and all his bumper things at the beginning. And then it's like, hey, welcome to the do it yourself install with Mike. I'm Mike, and I'm gonna install this now. But first, and then, oh god, I hate YouTube. Um, that's right, that's right. Click up here to subscribe, make sure to comment, or uh, follow me on Twitter and Facebook, uh, also uh, Instagram, and I'm on Google Plus like no one else. <laughs> Trust me, it's like, don't just get to the thing I had to install the thing. See, I intersperse my stupid little comments through I, this. This is different, and this stuff is boring. Okay. It just bugs me about YouTube videos, right? Or worse is when you're looking for a game walkthrough and all you want to find is like how to beat that one guy. And some jerk-ass 12-year-old kid, well, first, uh, don't forget to subscribe to my videos and also click on my Google Ads and... Uh, <laughs> I bought this pad here. I used to have it on this night and I went out with this guy, but he was an asshole. <laughs> I didn't watch it. A makeup one, but that sounds wonderful. That's great. Makeup tutorials are very yeah. <laughs> First, the unboxing. It's always, that's another thing, too. First, the unboxing of, uh, of the new uh, Range Hood. No! I don't need to see it open a box. I'm a 51 year old man with a PhD. I can open a box. <laughs> you know, just, are you a box cutter or a milk person? Jeez. Just show me really what the electrical connections are, and if they're going to be hard for me to do, I have to call my friend Jody, who's a contractor. And I look, oh, I don't have I'll just have to have, you know, this will stand there and it's going to be great. <laughs> we should video that because it'll be about seven hours of me swearing. <laughs> I'm never as bad about when I do stuff like that with my wife as my dad was with my mom. We were putting up a, a ceiling once, four by eight sheets of Jiprock. I was 12 years old and I had to hold it. And I was this size when I was 12 years old. I wasn't as big, I was like 110 pounds, but I was just tall. And I'm standing with my brother, who also was standing on a chair doing it. And then my dad built my mom this uh, sort of T-bar thing, and it's two by fours. My mom's pretty small, so it's five foot two. 
So she slides this thing under, but she can't get it right. And my dad yells out, I should have married a man. <laughs> it's like, what a horrible thing to say. I love my father. Uh, I miss him every day. He died, what? Jeez, a long time ago, nine years ago. But there were times when he was a real jerk. Um, anyway, we have these two things, meat square and meat square treatment. They've expected values. They're both, and we figured this out already. They're both sigma squared sub epsilon. That we've already figured. That's that's what this all came from. The expected value of mean squared error is sigma squared sub epsilon. The expected value of mean squared treatment is sigma squared sigma squared sub epsilon. If H O is true, if H O is true, I'm going to start all the YouTube videos out now with the thing about. Click here to subscribe and all that stuff. But there'll be nothing to, to do that. It'll be... Okay. We're good? So that's if HO is true. What if HO is not true? This is where it gets interesting. Um, if HO is not true, the expected value of mean squared error is sigma squared sub epsilon. The expected value of mean squared treatment is sigma squared sub epsilon plus n times sigma squared sub treatment, something we haven't seen before. Because the, the null hypothesis assumed that equals zero. It says there's no, the null hypothesis says there's no effect. Right? So mean squared treatment is measuring error variance and any other variance that's there. And the, any other variance that's there is mean squared treatment. I'm oh, sorry, it's, it's, it's treatment variance. We assume that. We said that in our model. Our model says x equals nu plus tau plus epsilon. Under HO, tau equals zero. But what if HO is not true? Well, tau is positive. It must, expected, expected value of mean squared must be less than expected value of mean squared treatment. Why? If HO is true, if HO is not true. Look at those two expressions. Why is that the case? Because there has to be less of a difference with the treatment. I don't understand what you mean. Well, Just I mean, say that again. You, I, I think you're on the right track. But there has to be less of an effect with the treatment than there is with no treatment. Because yes, if that was, if, 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 if actually, if this was flipped oh, around, you mean? Oh, then I don't know. Yeah, okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. At least you tried. Thank you. Why must this quantity be bigger than this quantity? Yeah, go ahead. So then basically it's just kind of the opposite of what you said. Oh, yeah. So, it is the opposite uh, of what you said. Yeah, that's why I said like I think you're on the right track. Oh, because I was looking at it if it's true yeah. and it was the other way. Yeah. Remember, with, with these, the alligator's mouth points towards the bigger piece of food. Yes, I know. That's how we were taught that here, too. I seriously yes, I remember that one. Um, but anyway, you were saying. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the treatment effect has to be bigger than kind of what the control was. Or what yeah, was. but why would it have to be bigger? For there to be a difference. Yeah, but why big? Why? Just, you're thinking about a conception which I really like. Both of you are very good. Mathematically, wasn't true. Why must that be true? Can equals zero. Okay, well, well, no, we're assuming now that mean square treatment, sorry, that there's a treatment effect, that HO is false. 
Mathematically, why must this thing here, sigma squared sub epsilon plus n times sigma squared sub tau, be bigger than sigma squared sub epsilon? What I'm asking is, why can't this be a negative number? Because it made an effect, so it can't be. Zero. Don't think about it conceptually now, because you're right. Conceptually, you're correct, and I'm glad you're thinking of it that way, and that's cool. But also, let's look at this mathematically. Is it possible for this to happen? No. Why? You're not multiplying by a negative. Yes, because this can never be negative. It's a squared quantity. It must um. be positive. You both are thinking it so nicely and intuitively that I almost don't want to do, to do that. But this should show you something. If, you, if that did happen, something weird went on. Because it actually can happen when you calculate it that this is smaller than this. You go, oh? Yeah, because you violated an assumption. So it can happen. It just shouldn't happen. Okay? So if we divide mean squared treatment by mean squared error, which I then wrote incorrectly, mean squared error divided by mean squared treatment. So mean squared treatment divided by mean squared error, flip that around. We should have some estimate of how much extra variance mean squared treatment is measuring. Right? Because the first thing you might think of is, well, I want to take mean squared treatment and subtract mean squared error. And you tell how big mean squared treatment was, but what if mean squared error is really a big number? You really want to get a ratio. You want to get a ratio. Don't you? I think you do. How much extra variation mean squared treatment is measuring? Does that make sense? Yeah? It looks like some people are saying yes. I see some nods. I, I can even sense it. I can't see, but I can sense nods. <laughs> I feel it. Why? I mean, why? Why does or why does error over? It should be treatment over error. That's or why does treatment over error? That's my that. Mean square treatment. Well, think about it this way. Was it mean square treatment if HL is false? Wait a second. I might have that in my next thing I entered. Well, let me just put that there. It's measuring tau or sigma squared sub tau, right? Plus epsilon or sigma squared sub epsilon. So, think of it this way. Mean squared treatment is tau plus epsilon. I know it's n times sigma squared sub tau plus sigma squared sub epsilon. I like to say it's tau plus epsilon because it, it allows me to very simply imagine it. So mathematically, that's actually not true, but it's a way, it's a shorthanded notation that I use. So, so mean squared treatment is tau plus epsilon that's MST. And mean squared error is just epsilon. So if we were to divide that by that, and this must be non, this must be a positive number or zero. This is now going to give us a ratio of how much extra variance is there is available that's due simply to treatment. Okay? Make sense? Does that help? Good. Yes. So in other words, it's giving us tau. And yes, technically it's giving us n times sigma squared sub tau. 
This is precisely what analysis of variance does. In fact, what I've just shown you is the logic behind and kind of the math behind analysis of variance. This is how it works. This is why I keep figuring out variances actually helps you figure out differences between means. Which I know when, when I learned this in my second year stats class, just struck me as completely counterintuitive. Why am I calculating variances to find out if means are different? But this is why. This is why. Questions? So, F stands for Fisher, by the way. Is R.A. Fisher? Developed in else? Uh, very famous uh, evolutionary biologist. Um, and when there was no way to analyze his data, he invented this. That's smart. So, F equals MST divided by MST. It's quite good to know Or sometimes called the N squared between the squared division. see that. What's the expected value of F if HO is true? So if HO is true, and this is, here's F up here. Tau plus epsilon over epsilon. What's the expected value of F if HO is true? Zero. Zero. How could it be zero? Because that would mean the top was zero. One. You are correct, madam. The tau is zero. You're right there. Now let's say that that's what you meant. That's what you meant, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> if this is zero, epsilon divided by epsilon is one. Sigma squared of epsilon divided by sigma squared, sigma squared of epsilon is one. Three divided by three is one. Oranges divided by oranges are one. Something divided by itself is one. A house divided by itself cannot stand. That's Lincoln. It's a bit different. I went with Lincoln that time instead of Shakespeare. <laughs> then I was going to reference a song that none of you have heard because you're all too young. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just funny, and I, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. But, I know. Yeah. Um, how's it go? <laughs> Two divided by love can only be sad because one is the loneliest number. But one is the loneliest number that you've ever heard. That's a different, different song. That's a different, those are two different songs. Oh, one of them's a bad pop song from 1973, 74. And one of them, um, one is the loneliest number, is actually kind of a decent song. Serena looks like she might know one of those songs. <laughs> I can see from here. Again, I can sense it. Okay, that's good. What's the expected value of F, of F if HA is true? Huh. What if HA is true? Greater than one. I heard someone mumble that. <laughs> Somebody mumble it. What do you guys? Right? Yeah, zero. Yeah, it's going to be greater than one. We don't know the exact number. It's going to be greater than one. There is a song called The F Word. That's a different thing. I'll probably just dub that into the background of the podcast right now. <laughs> no, I think I will actually. Yeah, please. Um, okay, so you know how, like, when we're testing for significance, mm -hmm. it has to be like over the zero point zero five. Yes. Does that still apply here? It will. Yeah, way? yeah. Right now, we're not even thinking about that. 
Okay. Yeah, but yes, exactly. Yes. It has to be enough different from one that yeah. we go, there's no way it's one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the decision that ends up getting made. It has to be so different from the expected value for it when HO is true that we say that HO is not true. Yeah. So yeah, you're getting exactly you're getting exactly the right thing. That's right. So it's not just if it's bigger than one, you reject HO, it's if is it bigger enough than one? Yeah. Excellent question. So if HO is true, then mean square treatment divided by mean square will, if HO is true, will be distributed as F with two degrees of, with two different sets of degrees of freedom. Degrees of freedom for the numerator and degrees of freedom for the denominator. And if not, it will be, if this is not true, if HO is not true, which is my next point here, it'll be distributed some other way that we don't know, frankly, but what we do when we look it up in a table is we look at that F value, what's called the critical F value, and see what's the point at which we have less than 5% confidence that HO is true, that F is really one. Is it different enough from one that we're, we're, we're confident enough in saying, yeah, it's different? When are we 95 usually percent confident that this isn't true, that HO isn't true? And that's what we then reject. So yeah, you still have to look things up in a table. You still have to look for P is less than 0.05. And you typically, if you did it by hand, you look it up at a table. If you did it with software, it would just tell you. That's a good question. Other questions? So, we're going to do something called partitioning the sums of squares and degrees of freedom. Which is something we'll do when we talk about every single kind of analysis variance we do, pretty much. Sum of squares total, sum of squares is just... Do I have that written down, the sum of squares are? Well, it doesn't matter. The sum of squares are each score... Sum of squares total is each score minus the grand mean squared. Each score minus the grand mean squared is the sum of squares total. We're dividing by anything. That's just called the sum of squares. It's the top sum of squares is the top part of analysis and variance calculations. It's the sum of squares. Okay? So sum of squares total equals these two things: sum of squares treatment plus sum of squares error. Those are just the top parts of the calculations, and I'll break that down for you in a second. The degrees of freedom, the total number of degrees of freedom in any design, in this case, in our design, is going to be the number of observations minus one. Because to calculate the overall variance, we do this. X bar sub G, right? I mean, it's just the mean of all these, in, this, in our case here, nine numbers. We have lost the degree of freedom. So when you partition sums of squares out into their group, so uh, treatment and error parts, you can, degrees of freedom go with them. Degrees of freedom for treatment and degrees of freedom for error. 
Okay, now, let's get a little bit more precise. Sum of squares treatment, oh look, that's what I have written right there. Sum of squares treatment, sorry, sum of squares total is the sum of x minus x bar sub g. x bar sub g is the grand mean. Sum of squares treatment is x bar sub j, that's these. That's those group means. Minus the grand mean squared times the number of subjects in each group. So in our case, it's going to be 3 each time. And this here, so remember that, that's a mean minus another mean. This one here is individual scores within each group minus their group mean squared. So we do that all for group one. So in our case over here, 85 minus 84 squared, 90 minus 84 squared, 77 minus 84 squared, plus 67 minus 74 squared, 80 minus 74 squared, 75 minus 74 squared, plus 52 minus 59 squared, 60 minus 59 squared, 65 minus 59 squared. So we add all those together. That'll give us our sum of squares within groups, you might call that, or sum of squares error. If I felt like it, and I don't, but if, maybe you could if you feel like it, but you probably don't. You can expand all this out and prove this. This is an identity you can prove if you were feeling mathy. Right? We've just all I've done here is I've split this up into two components. To get the mean square, well, hello, that's a, just a variance. Divided by n minus one, big n minus one, it should be big n. Begins the total. There are k groups, so it's k minus one, because k means divided minus the grand mean. And this one is big n minus k. And is it, what? How's that big N minus K? Well, when I do 85 minus 84 squared, 90 minus 84 squared, and 77 minus 84 squared, right? How many degrees of freedom did I have when I did this, when I did, the, did that sum of squares? This minus this squared, this minus this squared, this minus this squared. How many degrees of freedom? N minus one. Right. How many times do we have to do this? This minus this, 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 this. Then, oh, yeah, do it three times. Or this are K times. K times N minus one. K times N minus K. Just expand it. K times N, number of groups times number of subjects. That's big N minus K. Hey, algebra. There's a reason it's big N minus K. <laughs> it really is K times N minus 1, but a nice shorthand is just saying big N minus K. It's just algebra.
Again, questions. So when you are calculating these things, this is in fact how you calculate them, or how a computer calculates them for you. Will we be doing that? Yeah. Can you show us? I, we can we can do one in a second with those numbers, okay. those actual numbers right there. Okay. Oh yeah, good. Oh, Anybody else? Any other questions? We're good. What you get at the end of this is what's called an analysis of variance summary table. You have sources of variation between groups within groups or treatment and error, and then total. Degrees of freedom, K minus 1, big N minus K, N minus 1. By the way, if you add up K minus 1 to N minus K, you get big N minus 1. Because look, K minus 1 plus big N minus K, oh, K minus K, the K's come out, N minus 1. Oh, no, no, no. They sound what they're supposed to. The mean square is sum of squares between groups, which I wrote it that way this time. Mix it up a little, or sum of squares treatment, divided by k minus 1. Sum of squares within groups, or sum of squares error, divided by big N minus k. And then f is mean squared between groups, by, divided by mean squared within groups, or mean squared treatment, divided by mean squared error. They're the same thing. We then take the f that we have, we look it up, in that table, and see with the requisite degrees of freedom, with k minus one and n and minus k degrees of freedom, and we see if we exceeded the critical value. That's all it is. It is not magic. If it was a card game at all, it would be cards against humanity. It wouldn't be magic. Thank you. There's nothing more fun than playing cards against humanity with your, with your mom. <laughs> it's great. <No. laughs> with your mom and your sister and your brother and, like, their, my brother's, my sister's boys who are, like, teenage boys. It's so fun embarrassing my mom. In front. Or even better, watching my mom embarrass her grandchildren. It's wonderful. Okay, questions about this? Because we can, we can work through one of these in a second. You good? All right, so we'll stop this. Now let me just go back here, because we, we want to have the... Um, stop. What I'm going to do is put this, put this one slide back up so we always have that for reference. That's this slide here. So view... Okay, so we've got this up here. So let's pull that up. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to stop recording this because I don't can leave it because I'll be talking about calculations. That makes sense. Okay, so if you want, we can work through how to do this. Do it with this one. So the first thing we need is we're going to need the grand mean. What's the grand mean? Well, it's going to be 84 plus 74 plus 59, where's my thing? 74 plus 59 equals that, 217 divided by 32, and what is, shit, it's going to have decimals in it, 72.3. So the grand mean is 72.3.
So we know that. 72.33. Now, we got the means here, we can get these variances pretty easily. So the variance, so it's going to be 85 minus 84 squared. That's 1. So keep taking your head down. 1 squared. 90 minus 84, so that's 36. Right? Because that's 6. 6 and 1 is 7. So now that's 7. Um, 84, 77, that's what? 4, 7, 3, 7, 49. And I said 36. 37, 37 and 49, 86, divided by 2 degrees of freedom, 43. Okay. Um, why do I need that? Why did I, I just do that? I had no reason to do that. I just calculated <laughs> that variance for fun, apparently. Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we have everything we need. We have the means. We're good. We're good. We have the means. So, each score minus the brand mean. That's what we have to do. So we need 85 minus 72.3. Just let me clear my thing here. 85 minus 72.3 is 12.7. So times 12.7. I'm just going to do it to one decimal place. Okay? So that's 161.3, 90 minus 72.3, 17.7 times 17.7, 313.3, plus 77 minus 72.3, 4.7 times 4.7, which 22.9. Okay. Then we got 67 minus 72.3. Whoops, that's fine. 5.3. So it's 5.3 times 5.3, 28.09. God, this is annoying. So 28.1. Um, 80 minus 72.3. Whoops. <laughs> 80 minus 72.3. 7.7 times 7.7, shit, 7.7 times 7.7, 1, 2, I don't lose track, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, so we're at, this one, the sixth one, sorry, that one there, 75 minus 72.3, which of course 2.7 times 2.7, 7.3. Now there's this one, 52 minus 72.3. That's going to be 19.7 squared. Whoops. Shit. 388.1. 60 minus 72.3. That's 12.3 times 12.3 times 51.3. Finally, 65 minus 72, that's going to be 13, 12.7 times 12.7, 161.3. Sorry. It's okay. I just, no, no, I, don't, don't be sorry. I'm saying 
This shows you how annoying you to do these things by hand. Right? Okay. So let's sum those up. We got. Where am I here? Okay. Let's clear that. 161.3 plus 313.3 plus 22.1 plus 28.1 plus 59.3 plus 7.3 plus 388.1 plus 151.3. The rest of this is easy. Plus 161.3. So that would be our sum of scores total, would be 1,292.1. Okay. The thing we're really more interested in now Good. That's still useful. No, it's not shit to get. All right. Um, let's do this. X bar sub j minus X bar sub g. Did you finish that? Well, this, yeah, this is done. Oh, you divided it by... Well, I haven't divided it. Oh, okay. But you, you wouldn't ever... You know, mean square total doesn't mean anything. It's, okay. a, it's a, not a very useful quantity. Right? It's... It's not a horribly useful quantity. So all we're, like, all we're doing right now is finding the SS total? Well, well yeah, we, yeah, you just really need some of the squares total as a, as a way to double-check your work. Okay. So x bar sub g minus x bar sub j minus g. 84 minus 72.3, so that's... 84, 72, 10, 11.7 square. 74, 72, that's 1.7 squared. 59, 72, that's 69, 10, 70, 69, 70, 71, 72, that's 13.3 So we got uh, 13.3, oops, clear. I said clear. 13.3 times 13.3. So that's 176.89, 176.9. That's not a divided by, I'm just dividing the board up. Um, and 1.7 squared, 2.9. Plus 13.3 squared, 176.9 again. So 176.9 plus 176.9 plus 2.9. What do you lost? How are you lost? 356.7 equals 356.7. That's this. These are these squares. Because they're the same difference from the mean. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Then. Wait, we, is that 1.7 or? Should we, yeah, 1.7? Did I make a mistake? It's supposed to be, yeah. 74, 72. Oh, wait, no. That's right, isn't it? Well, when you square the 13.3. Yeah, that's, mistake, that's right, I did make a mistake here. And then 11. That's wrong. That's, that's where it's wrong, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, you were right. 11.7 is a mistake. 11.7 is a mistake. 11.7 times 11.7. 136.9, usually. 
Good, good catch. So 136.9 plus 2.9 plus 176.9. That's actually 316.7. That's sum of squares. squares. Treatment. Treatment? Yeah. And now we would divide by k minus 1. We divide by 2 to get mean square treatment. So 316.7, okay, divide that by 2. So that's going to be 158.45, right? 35, 158.35. Okay. Why did we do that over two? Yeah, K minus one. Oh, okay. K minus one. listening to the lecture um all of the audio is available of course on itunes or whatever podcatcher you're using just search for Dave, uh, dr dave broadbeck's uh, psychology lectures in algoma university which is the most ungainly title ever 
these are released under a sh- uh, um, Creative Commons copyright share like 3.0 Canada. Uh, you can't use these for commercial purposes. Um, you feel free to share them uh, and feel free to mash them up any way you want. But if you do that, that means I get to do the same thing with your stuff. Sort of like the GNU license. Um, I hope you learned something. But if you didn't, I unless you're one of my students, I really don't care. Um, the music, by the way, for each uh, song, for each uh, uh, episode, <laughs> lecture, uh, is uh, available. They're all podcast, uh, like Podsafe Music. So if you want to uh, find out about the bands, there's links on my website at people.aoc.ca slash broadback. Uh, if those links don't work, just contact me and I'll find, uh, I'll find out. Um, often I put links uh, actually in the uh, what I call them show notes or blog posts. So, uh, you know, buy these people's music. They're, they're making the stuff available out there. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.